Welcome to the Revitalizing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Pavlovich, a naturopath with a background in evolutionary biology. Here, I like to share conscious conversations about how environmental, community, and personal health are all connected, and how improving the health of the planet can impact the health of ourselves and vice versa. I also share insights as to how to cope with the busyness and the stress of modern day life, especially in the context of high achieving people, because let's face it, a lot of us have a lot on our plate and there is always a lot to get done and we're up against a built environment that isn't necessarily adapted for the ways our bodies have evolved over millennia. So join me as I have some great conversations with a bunch of awesome people about regeneration, nutrition, herbal medicine, lifestyle, sustainability, soil health, stress management, mindset, and a whole bunch more. I think that to enact meaningful change, it all has to start with a conversation. So I hope you can enjoy this one. Happy listening. Welcome to this episode of the Revitalizing Health Podcast. I'm very pleased to have you here. And I think the uh, thing I'm going to talk about today is probably very relatable for a lot of people who are listening. Uh, so just before we get stuck into it, I'd like to acknowledge I'm speaking from Wurundjeri land, just acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm speaking today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in this particular area where I live where I work, and I just like to pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging of this region where I am and where I have grown up. So I'm just very grateful for that and for being able to share these conversations from this part of the world and extending that acknowledgement to the traditional custodians of the land where you're listening today, wherever that may be, whether you're local or far and wide in the world. Today's conversation well, it's not a conversation, it's just a, a chat with myself, but I feel like I'm talking to you when I have these solo episodes. I feel like like we're having a conversation, even though it is obviously very one-sided because I'm talking to myself into a microphone, but I do feel like it's, it's like I'm having a conversation with a friend when I do these episodes because I feel like a lot of people have reached out to me and, and said the same thing. They really enjoy the solo episodes. They feel they really speak to them. So hopefully this one speaks to you today. I want to ask you, do you find yourself always saying yes to things, even when it's probably better for you to say no, or you know that it's better for your well-being to say no? Do you find yourself overcommitting to things, realizing that you have overcommitted, but then feeling like you've got to stay true to your word and do the thing anyway, even if it's beyond your mental and energetic capacity to actually do it? If you are one of those people, then I would like you to join me in this little chat where I explore what overcommitment can look like, my own experience with overcommitment and ways we can kind of learn how to honor ourselves so we can basically stop burning ourselves out by committing too much because a lot of us actually do that. What's quite funny is that I actually sat down to record this episode last week, but I just had to stop. I had to stop because... I was not really all there. I was trying to overcommit that day. So I realized that I'd actually committed to too much on that day. And so here I am recording 
the day before I'm scheduled to release this episode, which is very unusual for me. I've done it a few times, but it doesn't happen often because I like to do things in advance. I like to get things sorted so I can manage my time better. It's a lot less stressful that way, but I just could commit to doing this episode last week. I was quite tired and I'm going to tell you why because there's a little bit of a backstory here and hopefully it's something that can, I guess, be somewhat relatable so you can see, you know, if there's any similarities between behaviors that you do. But anyway, very recently we had a big family gathering. So my brother turned 30 and earlier in the year my mum turned 60. So they did, they did a joint 60-30 party. It was a big dress-up party. Uh, I dressed up as Alanis Morissette because the theme was goes your favourite artist, music genre uh, or artist, and I chose Alanis because she actually is my favourite. I love Alanis Morissette. Uh, for, for you young ones <laughs> out there, a lot of my cousins were like, who are you? And I told them, well, you ought to know. And they didn't get the joke. So, <laughs> yeah, it, very highly recommended to listen to Alanis Morissette, no matter what age you are or whether you've heard of her or not. And if you are a listener, then good on you. She's awesome. Anyway, enough of doting over Alanis. The story here is that for this party, I actually offered to make the cake, which, you know, big deal. It's just a cake, right? Not so much. When I commit to do something, I have a tendency to do it to the best of my ability and potentially beyond. (laughs) So, and I know that might relate for a lot of people listening. So I hadn't made a celebration cake in a long time. So previously I'd made other cakes. For example, I made a Batman Gotham City cake for my brother when he turned 21. I made an Xbox cake for my sister when she turned 21. And I'd done like a few other little bits and pieces here and there, but this was the first time I'd made a celebration cake in many, many years. So, so even though I'd prepared ahead and I was pretty on top of it with the cake and stuff, the party, like the, the timing of the party still happened to coincide with a very busy time for me. Uh, so I recently, I've had an influx of clients because I've recently started practicing face to face again after a very long time consulting online exclusively. And this was really exciting. And I was very pleased for um, this to happen, but, but it was a lot. It was a lot. And it was a lot because to me, the cake that I had offered to make, when I looked at that, it wasn't just a cake, that, that task making the cake, it wasn't just a cake. The quality of that finished product was a reflection of my dedication to my family and in my mind, if I stuffed up that cake or if it wasn't the best cake, then I must not be a very good sister or daughter. <laughs> when I'm saying that out loud, this sounds ridiculous. To my conscious mind, it sounds ridiculous. But to my subconscious mind, which is the part of our brain that was molded when we were very young children, this subconscious mind is the part of the nervous system that calls the shots and therefore influences how we think, how we feel, and how we behave. So even though it sounds ridiculous that my sense of worth is attached to a cake, it makes a lot of sense when we look at the development of our subconscious mind, of our automatic, autonomic nervous system. So the cake was more than a cake. And after the party was finished, by the way, the cake was a hit, of course, but the week after the the party, I felt quite fatigued and run down. And 
that's why I was quite off social media that week. And that's because after that party, I did feel quite run down and I needed that time to recuperate while still keeping the nuts and bolts of my business going because that's my livelihood. So content and being present in the online space is something that comes second. So the week after I felt quite fatigued and run down, that was last week. So hence why I'm recording this podcast the day before I release it rather than well in advance because I'm usually, like I said, quite organized, have episodes ready to go ahead of time so I can manage my time better. So that's a little bit of an anecdote around overcommitting. It could have, I could have easily said, guys, let's order a cake because I don't have the capacity to bake a cake, decorate a cake, transport a cake to the venue, all this kind of stuff uh, while I've got all this increased workload and trying to take care of myself the best I possibly can. But moving into that conversation around overcommitting, overdelivering, going above and beyond, bending over backwards, giving it 110%. These are all expressions of the same thing. They're all expressions of being in this state where we feel like we need to over-deliver, to overcommit. And a commonality here in this language is that this behavior of putting more into what we're doing than is actually really necessary is glorified and essentially championed culturally. So you're praised when you do this, when you go above and beyond. And so the validation that you get from doing that time and time again acts as positive reinforcement to keep doing it. So the problem with this is that by behaving like this time after time, again and again, our nervous system becomes accustomed to over-delivering, to over-committing to the point where it becomes the default mode or the new baseline, so to speak. I know that it's a very common experience. So many of us out there have this. So I, I see it a lot. So this is what I spend a lot of time working with people on is talking through this stuff and being able to kind of modify these patterns so they don't feel like they're a bit of a trap. Something I really also want to get across today while you're listening to this is that I'm not sharing this having already gotten to the other side. You know, this is still stuff I'm actively working on, guys. I'm here alongside you in this journey. And this this is a journey of learning how to take care of ourselves better in the face of a society and culture that glorifies working beyond our capacity uh, and championing exhaustion. I want to flip that on its head because I don't think it is useful. It doesn't help us. And for those of you who want to help others, it doesn't help us help others. This way of thinking, of living, of behaving, of overwork, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help the people we're trying to serve. So let's do it differently because it is possible. And I'm learning this as you are. So I walk alongside you in this work and the lessons that I'm learning, I'm passing on to you in the hope that you can hopefully also traverse these patterns and behaviors so that you can also start to embody the positive changes you'd like to make in your life, changes that affect the way you think, the way you feel, the way you behave so that you can start to incorporate more ease and calm into your life rather than stress, anxiety, burnout, pressure because it's not fun and it's not sustainable and it's not healthy. 
I'm learning more and more that the things that we want are not actually out of reach, you know, having that sense of ease and peace in our daily lives. And things don't have to be anywhere near as hard as we make them out to be. That's a big myth that life has to be hard. If anything's worth it, it has to be a slog to get there. And I've had my own barriers around, you know, accepting that because it's been ingrained in my mind that, no, you've got to work hard to get to a point. And there's a difference between working hard and putting in effort and then seeing results from that versus feeling like there is no other way to get what you want than to experience hardship and like everything having to be a slog because it doesn't have to be. And I'm actually starting to see that now that I'm starting to be open to that. But it all starts with an intention to put a bit of a magnifying glass on ourselves and our internal environment so we can actually start to see the patterns that aren't working for us and then taking the steps to actively change them to patterns that are more conducive to health, to well-being, to peace, to fulfillment. We can actually start to reprogram our minds and our behavioral and thought patterns so that we can start to behave in ways that are conducive to those beneficial things rather than the stress, the busyness. And this is something we can all achieve. It's not available to only a select few people. If you want to delve into those patterns and want to actively try and change them, then you can actually achieve the things that you want to. It's not out of reach. And I just, I want to convey that today because I I feel like a lot of people feel that they can't do that. But in underlying that, I think there's a lot of stuff around self-worth and do I deserve that? But that's a whole other episode to talk about. Today, we're talking about uh, overcommitting. So moving on with that conversation around changing those programs, those patterns in our minds and our nervous systems, what I've noticed is that recently in particular, Emotion release technique or ERT is exceptionally well-placed to help us do this. I've been using it with myself and with my clients and it's really helpful to pinpoint those unhelpful patterns and programs in our minds and then actually go in and change them. What I really love about ERT is its simplicity and its efficiency and it just cuts to the chase. You don't have to dwell on anything or talk about anything if you don't want to. You can actually just go in there and almost, you know, like some kind of biomechanic go and tweak that nervous system, which is what I really like. You can just get in there, change those things that aren't working and then watch and see how those, once those obstacles or those, you know, patterns that aren't helping us are removed, there's this actual space to feel what we really are innately meant to do and be, which is at peace and at ease. And it's really interesting to watch this unfold with people once we remove some of those patterns or underlying emotions and things that are just getting in the way. So a few of the ways that ERT has assisted my clients to move through these patterns of overcommitting firstly include building confidence with exerting their boundaries, both in personal and professional contexts. So boundaries is a huge one. I think that there's a big conversation to be had around boundaries uh, and maybe I will do more. I mean, not maybe, I definitely will do more conversations and, and episodes around boundaries and what they look like, what they are, being able to uphold them and communicate them. That's a big one, being able to communicate clearly what your boundaries are. Super important. Actually, on, on that point of just like the boundaries and stuff, this is something that, that kind of presents a lot with people. So 
I'm just doing, going on a little tangent here, but when we aren't able to set or enforce or communicate our boundaries, personal boundaries, we find that we can actually enter into resentment, starting to feel anger, resentment. But like the thing is that often happens because our boundaries have been overstepped or someone hasn't understood our boundaries or we've assumed that someone should know our boundaries, but they don't. And so we get pissed off essentially when they overstep or they do something that we don't want them to do. But the thing is you can't actually get shitty at others or at the circumstances themselves if you never communicated, upheld or enforced your own boundaries properly. So that's just something I want to say about resentment. If you are one of those people who does feel resentment when you do commit to things, it's often because those boundaries aren't in place and we have we have trouble talking about them and saying what they are to people, but then also actually making them happen and making them stick. So that's just a little a little tangent about the relationship between resentment from overcommitting and boundaries. But a couple of other ways that ERT has been helpful with helping people through overcommitting kinds of patterns and stuff is recognizing their self-worth and that their worth is not attached to the work they do. That's a big one because a lot of people I work with, there is this uh, belief, whether it's conscious or subconscious, usually subconscious, that their validity as a person and their worth as a person is attached to their productivity and the work they do. But that obviously couldn't be further from the truth because we're all innately worthy just for existing. And whether that's something you're aware of or whether you believe or not, you are enough as you are, irrespective of what you do, your output, your productivity. You deserve ease, happiness, peace, fulfillment, all the good stuff, irrespective of how productive you are. So just just want you to know that if you don't know already. But the thing is, I can tell you that consciously, but you won't believe it until it becomes a part of your subconscious programming, a part of your autonomic nervous system functioning at a deep level. Because if there's that belief that you constantly have to prove yourself, then it doesn't matter what I tell you consciously, that automatic functioning, that automatic kind of nervous system subconscious picture is going to still be saying, no, we still got to do it. We still got to like prove ourselves with the work we do. So ERT is amazing for actually getting in there and tweaking those things, removing those unhelpful patterns that have been there for a long, long time since childhood or beyond and actually getting rid of them so that we can actually start to create that new belief that we are worth it. We're enough as we are. We don't have to attach our worth to what we do. So another way that ERT is helping overcommitters and overdeliverers uh, in my clinic is by retraining the nervous system to essentially train the nervous system out of feeling like busyness is the base state, like stress and anxiety and doing is the base state. Instead, we create a more sustainable, healthy baseline in the nervous system, which is one of stillness, of ease, of being present and not looking too far ahead for the next thing that we need to do to prove ourselves or to get stuff done. So 
I'm finding ERT really useful for myself, for my clients. And, you know, if it is something that you want to investigate further, please get in touch with me. It's a really useful tool. It's very efficient and it's very profound. And I'm often using ERT in conjunction with my naturopathic practice so that we can actually get the nervous system into a receptive state to then make changes if we need to with other aspects of lifestyle and nutrition and that kind of thing. It's really helpful for that too. But yeah, hopefully this conversation, this episode has been insightful. You know, maybe you've learned something here today. If you have, please share it around with anyone who you know is an overcommitter, who is a, a yes person, someone who struggles to say no, uh, someone who is maybe a bit of an excessive doer, always doing stuff. This this will likely help them immensely. So feel free to send them the link to the episode. And of course, if you want to shift any of your own unhelpful patterns around overcommitting, or you just want to learn how you can set better boundaries, how you can communicate those and actually stay true to those. So you can really honor yourself and not keep burning out by doing a billion different things for different people. Then ERT will be helpful for you. So I'll leave the link in the show notes for you to book in, but it's just revitalizinghealth.com.au forward slash ERT. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And I can't wait to share more of these insights with you in future episodes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. I know I definitely did. Uh, I'd love it if you could give us five stars on Spotify or even if you feel so inclined, write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to share the message and help bring this content to people who may be interested and benefit from it. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you for the next one. Take care.